This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Uh, what What are you most excited about for this season and just what's been b- building that you that you well, got I mean, to? I'm glad we talked today after yesterday. I mean, yesterday was uh, today when we're recording this. Yeah. It's just they're fresh off of an 11-2 win after having a four-game losing streak. I think yesterday would have been like a little – it's so early, obviously, with a long season to get yeah. like – I know some people get knee-jerk, and it's like even with hockey, it's like this isn't football. Like there's not just 16 games, so I'm not too concerned. But, man, I'm just excited about obviously Julio Rodriguez to have a guy on that level, to to have so much love for being in Seattle, uh, to potentially have him be an MVP-type candidate, a rookie of the year like he was, and – uh, even guys like Luis Castillo, who's just a, a dominant force. I just like that there's personality with so many of these players. Like they all have their own vibe, like the big dumper, you know, like, like there's, it, it, I feel like it's probably similar in a sense for a lot of guys, like a lot of people who like watched the team in 95, which was another team full of eclectic personalities. It's not just a boring baseball team, which I feel like we had for so many years. Yeah, we just, it, we did, we did that. There wasn't, I mean, Felix would fit on this team. Right, because he yes. had a personality, yeah. maybe Nelson Cruz, but the rest of the guys were there wasn't that connection with the city, and it, yeah. and even even if there were the W's and the maybe the division titles and and more, maybe we would have had that. But you know, even even for I know like the people that do like the that were doing the marketing and stuff like that, they did a great job with those commercials, but that wasn't their personality yeah. that we knew. Maybe they had these personalities behind closed doors. Maybe it's social media, the way things are too, that, that help that out. That but, but yes, yeah. right. I just, I was just down at spring training. You know, I was on the back practice field. CJ was with me. They're, they're very accessible. They're, you know, for the most part, once they get their work done, of course, you know, that's their safest place these guys are signing even Kelnick, you know, who seems like he's this, you know, really cocky, uh, kind of like aggro kind of guy. I mean, I watched him walk through the crowd and not talk to anybody, go do whatever he had to go and pick up. And he walked right back to the crowd. But this time he signed every single autograph. 
dude, there was a moment last season with with Kelnick that I that, like obviously had a rough season last year, but there was a moment towards the end of the year where they won a game, and all of a sudden you saw he's in the middle of that dance circle, and I was like, I think I think that culture is starting to. And I don't know him. I don't know anything. I'm just a, a, a casual sports fan. I don't get too knee deep in a lot of the things, but I still believe sports should be entertainment. Probably why I love wrestling so much, and that's why I love personalities in sports. That's what like the Seahawks when they won the Super Bowl, even without winning the bowl, that that was like a fun team because of all the personalities. But I felt like there was a moment last season where it stopped being work to him, and like he realized that there's a culture you got to have fun, and that's the vibe that I think this team has, and and I hope that. Fun leads to W's. Obviously, I want to see this team win a World Series. Uh, but I think I think that having that kind of a vibe is going to help him, you know, with his stats. And say like he relaxed, right? And it's almost like he felt like the Julio energy like went into yeah. him, him and Dino energy, all of that. And just and it's cool to see how we've kind of homegrown some of these guys inside this farm system coming up. Where like in the past, I think we really didn't have the connection. We were signing the big names and the older guys, and it just was more. I don't know, it just didn't feel as fun as it is now, which is, it's just like really fun to turn in, even though they're losing uh, the last, you know, the beginning of the season. But like you said, it's early, but you can yeah. just see how much fun they're having. It's it's really cool to see from a fan perspective. It's funny seeing people lose their mind already early in the season. Like they've yeah, only played two right. teams. Like let's yeah. relax for a second. <laughs> yeah, like we were 20 games below 500 or 10 games below 500 in June or something last year. And so, you know, anything. <laughs> we did a podcast the other day and the title was, are the Kraken outscoring the Mariners right now? And then the very next day they scored 11 runs. So I said, even though it wasn't one of our recording days, I better go on and just do like 10 minutes. And I was like, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, titles and things don't age well. This is a perfect example of yeah. it, but I'm happy to see this. Uh, and, you know, it was great to see Tay Oscar and AJ got oh. their ice baths. And, like, okay, you're on the team. You got the ice bath. It's like getting jumped into a gang, you know? You got to have the ice bath in the, in, the, in, in, the, in the presser. You know, we've teased it. We've talked about it. This is what we've, we've got through all the work. Now it's time for the play. You got to tell me, Migs. How did this whole rest? You're a pro wrestler, and we'll talk some pro wrestling before you get out of here. But sure, sure. I, can you tell everybody your story of how you got into this? And uh, and just just blows my mind. Uh, it's 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 crazy. Dude. So, uh, uh, obviously, a lifelong wrestling fan since I was a kid. Fell in love with it. it it's the the ultimate to me. It's forever been my escape from reality, and I always love it. I mean, I've obviously went through some. Oddly enough, the one era of wrestling that I was it wasn't that I was wasn't a fan. I was in college and we didn't have cable. Was the Attitude Era? Like I only know the Attitude Era based on like documentaries about it or watching really? some stuff on like streaming services. But I one arguably the greatest era of wrestling for me. It's the '80s because I was just an '80s kid. But like for many people, that you know the Stone Colds, the Rocks. Like I was not really. I knew what was going on, but I wasn't watching it because I didn't have cable. Um, but I, Lifelong wrestling fan, uh, involved with the wrestling scene here in town, just as like a, a ring announcer for Defy and doing some other stuff around town with some other promotions. Just as like, for me, it was like, I, I get to use my radio platform to hopefully expose, because I love independent wrestling. Like, obviously, I love WWE and AEW, but for me, like, I grew up going to see like small wrestling matches in churches in Brooklyn, New York with my mom. Like, those are my favorite memories as a kid were just going with my mom making her have to sit through it. She wasn't a wrestling fan, but she wanted to see her kid happy. And I was, and that was my element in a room full of like, in a church, oddly enough, of like 400 people yelling and screaming. And as kids, they let you go run in the ring after the matches and 
you know, like all that kind of stuff was very important to me uh, growing up. So like I, in a weird way, like I wanted to use my radio as a way to like kind of let people know that, hey, there's more to wrestling than just what you see on WWE. Like yeah. I, I contend you go to an independent show, fan or not, you're going to have fun because it's just so close and intimate. And you, where else? I mean, you get yelled at if you start cursing out a baseball player or a football player yeah. at a, a sporting event. Like you're told, hey, you know, knucklehead alert. In wrestling, it's one of the few art forms. You can't do it at a theater show. You can't do it at a movie. But in wrestling, you're encouraged to say anything you want within reason, anything you want to a wrestler. And it's part of the show. Like they'll feed into it. And I think there's something really fun about that. Like I've fast forward when I did start wrestling, like I've had people come up. I remember one woman coming up saying I had a terrible week, work, this relationships. I never felt better until tonight because I got to yell at you. And I was like, whoa, that's what a weird thing to be told. But like, I'm playing a bad guy. So it's like the greatest compliment. But also I'm like, that's there's something pretty deep to that. Like this is like a, an outlet for people to just let out whatever primal anger that they have and yell and scream at the, the performer in the ring. And it's OK. In fact, other people are going to jump in with you. So I'm doing the ring announcing thing and I'm having a blast with that. And one of my buddies who was a wrestler is like, hey, do you want to come and train with us? And I was like. I can. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. First one's free. It's like, you know, like a drug. Uh, but like, first one's free. Come on down and just see if you like it. Uh, in my head, I'm like, never going to wrestle a match. But to be able to be in the ring, roll around, take a bump, which is like landing on the on the mat, you know, getting hit, body slams. Like, if I can learn how to do that, that's a life experience that I'll never forget as a, as a wrestler. Because as a kid, of course, I wanted to be a wrestler. As a Even when I was getting older, I wanted to be a wrestler. But uh, and it, this is something that actually is like as silly as it sounds. Like I, I live my life a lot of times, and I think a lot of people are guilty of this. And I, and I, and the biggest, like, in a sense, inspire inspirational thing for me with wrestling is, for so long I didn't do things because I was afraid of how other people would view me. And wrestling is such a polarizing thing. And I had family members thinking it was stupid that I even liked it. Then the fact that I wanted to learn how to wrestle, they would they were like, no, that's you're an idiot. And I would listen. Because I was a kid and I was, or as a teen, or I was this, or I, I was afraid of what my friends would think if they found out I was going to train. You know, when I hit my 40s, I stopped caring. Like, I really did. Once I hit 40, it was like a weird thing happened. Like, I was like, I'm not getting any younger. I'm going to stop worrying about what other people think and start doing things that make me happy. Because if I do the things that make me happy, I'm going to be a happier person. And then the people like my kid, will see their father being happy. And one day, maybe my child will be like, I don't know if I can do this. And I'll be like, let me tell you about the time that your dad in his 40s decided to pick up something that really is something to be done by someone half his age and ended up being in one of the biggest wrestling promotions for a night because of it. Like, that's an unheard of experience. But I, I just truly believe that, like, if you are physically capable of doing something, you owe it to yourself, if it means something to you, to at least try. And I still had a job. It wasn't like I was... I wasn't delusional. I wasn't thinking wrestling is going to be my living. Wrestling is going to be there. But yeah. it was like, it made me happy. And look, I think my wife thinks I'm crazy. My parents have out and out said, when are you going to grow up? Like, it's still, <laughs> I'm still getting the same kickback that I did when I was younger, but I don't give enough. And it doesn't mean I don't care about those people. It means that I'm not going to let the people who I, I know they think they, they love me and they care about my best interest, but I'm not going to let them dictate what I will do with my free time that will make me happy. So long as I'm not hurting anybody. I mean, of course I'm, you know, in the match I'm trying to, but you know what I mean? Like, yes. as long as I'm not, I'm not, I'm not risking massive harm to anyone other than myself sometimes, but like, I'm going to do what's going to make me happy. Cause I think I owe it to myself. And I also think I do owe it to my kid, even though it is a selfish thing. I love wrestling. And I want to be 
able to say I could look back and say I did wrestling. But I also want to know that like her dad is not a quitter. Her dad is not someone who's going to let other people dictate what he wants to do to make himself happy. And her dad is willing to do put in the work because I say it's like easy. Like if I can do it, anyone can. But you got to put in the same amount of work that I did. I put in a lot of work to get to this point. Like you, yeah. you can't just do it because you showed up to wrestling class. You got to lots of sleepless nights, lots of insecurity, lots of people thinking I'm only getting opportunities because of what I do for a living. And they're not wrong. I am getting opportunities because of what I do for a living. But I'm I'm thriving in those opportunities and I'm not embarrassing myself because I put in the work. So in those opportunities that I don't deserve, which are not wrong, but I when I do get them, I'd be an idiot to turn them down. Like if AEW says, hey, we want to have you wrestle. And I say, no, there's other people who are more deserving of it. That's stupid. Like they offered me an opportunity. I should take it. And then it's up to me to either sink or swim. And so training, doing the wrestling thing for a few years now. And all of a sudden AEW is coming to town. And I reached out to one of the people that are in charge of the extra talent, which are they hire people on to do stuff, either you're a security guard or you're a seat filler, which I was here in Seattle, or I was security for a couple of the wrestlers when they did a meet and greet. Mm -hmm. Or if they have time and they have space and it makes sense, they'll put you in a match on their YouTube show, Elevation and Dark. So the Seattle one happens and I see the list. I was hoping so bad for Seattle, I ain't gonna lie, because in Seattle, I'm on the radio, I'm also knee deep in the wrestling community. Those are my people. Like if there's ever a group of people that I feel like I'm a part of that culture. It's the wrestling scene in Seattle. And I met so many people that are like, oh, we wish you were wrestling. And I just, in my heart of hearts, know that if I came out in Seattle, that would be a pretty awesome moment because of A, the radio reach and also the wrestling reach. But it didn't happen. And like you, I can't get upset about it. The fact that I was even brought in as an extra was pretty awesome. Portland happens. I'm convinced I'm not going to get used at all. Like I'm just going to be behind the scenes again. I go to the room where they have like the, the board of what matches are going to happen. And because you don't know until maybe an hour before a match or the show, two hours before. And in some situations in Seattle, sometimes you know they were going to wrestle until 10 minutes before their match. Like it's, it's chaos. And, and understandably so, they're, they're putting on a TV show first and then a YouTube show second. Um, so as I'm walking to that room, all the other extras that are from here, they're all smiling, looking at me like, dude, just wait. And I'm like, oh man, that felt good knowing that they were rooting for me, you know? Uh, and I get up to the board and I see my names on the board and I'm like, holy crap, this is actually going to happen. Like, and then I see who I'm wrestling and it's Jake Hager. And I'm like, holy crap, he's a big boy. Like, this is going to be crazy. And I see Dr. Luther is a personality for AEW, but behind the scenes, he does a lot of stuff with the talent. And he looks at me and goes, oh, you're going to have a blast. You don't even have to like, he doesn't even need your help picking you up. Like, he's so strong. He'll throw you around. No problem. I'm like, oh, cool but not cool you know um so next thing you know i'm having a match with jake hager and so then your job is to find him and talk about the match and i find him and he's he's recently fresh off of an injury so at the time he had no idea if he was even wrestling so i go up to him like hey jake i'm steve miggs i'm wrestling you tonight and he's like no you're not and i'm like oh crap did i are you messing with me or like he wasn't a jerk but he was just he was like matter of fact he's like no no you're not sorry and I'm like, oh, okay. He goes, are you listed to have a match with me? I'm like, yeah, I'm on the board. It's you and me. He goes, I'm still, I haven't been cleared yet. So I'm sorry. And I was like, you know, it was like, I felt like some people just got deflated. Like, you're like, keep keep a good attitude. You don't want to look like a sourpuss. But uh, and inside, I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Like, I get the chance. And the one guy they put me up with isn't even cleared. Like, of course, I'm not going to have a match. And 
he tracks me down. He's like, I'll check and I'll let you know. He tracks me down like an hour later. He goes, dude, dude, good news. I've been cleared. I'm still nursing a surgery, uh, a shoulder injury. So is it cool if we don't do anything crazy? And I'm like, yeah, because yeah. crazy yeah. means you throwing me around and I'm cool exactly. if you're not throwing me. <laughs> that would be preferred. Because you know, well, a lot of those wrestlers, they, they're paired up with guys and who are in their 20s or 30s that are trying to get noticed to one day make wrestling their full-time job. Mm -hmm. So yeah. a lot of the extras have a lot to prove. Like they're like, I want to prove that I deserve to be, and they want to go balls out in the match. I'm on the other end, I'm not delusional because I'm in my 40s. There's no chance I'm going to get hired. Uh, and if I was, it would be to be behind the scenes or something like has nothing to do with actual wrestling. So I'm like, I just want to have a good time and create a fun story and get that one picture of me in the ring in front of thousands of people in Portland. Like, how cool will that be? So he's like, are you cool and not doing a bunch of crazy stuff? I'm like, absolutely, man. He's like, are you cool doing character stuff? I'm like, my character in wrestling is mostly character stuff. Like, I'm not a guy that does crazy moves. And he start. you can see like there was like a moment of relief. And I think maybe in a way they meant to pair him with me because the guy who sets it all up does do his research on the wrestlers that mm -hmm. they're pairing these guys up with to make sure it's going to be a good fit. I'm like, dude, I'm all like, as he calls it, Shakespeare, like all character driven, all storytelling. So he, you could tell immediately felt more relieved. And then he's like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I, I want to make you look good. Like that's the job of an enhancement talent. And he's just like, no, no, no. But what would you want to do in the match? He's like, I have, I have my purple hat. That's a big thing right now with the show. And people are really loving the, the fact that I love this like silly bucket hat that he wears. And so my first thought was, I'm like, how do I, how do you get noticed in a sea of great wrestlers? So you got to create a moment. So I'm like, has anyone ever worn your hat? And he's like, no. I was like, would it be okay if I take your hat, I put it on, but I'm so excited to put it on. I forget I'm in a match and I turn around and you're just waiting for me and you just murder me. And he just starts <laughs> laughing. He's like, that is awesome. Let's do that. And then we just kind of went from there, but in this short two and a half minute match, there was a lot of improv that happened out there because some things didn't go exactly how planned. Like the hat wasn't supposed to fall off the turnbuckle and it did. So I had to kind of figure that out. Oh, but that was on me. Like, and that was crazy. Like, thank goodness. Like I've been trained well enough to like be ready for those moments to imp like, as you said, like you did improv comedy and sketch comedy. Like you sometimes things happen that aren't planned. You have to figure out how to go with the flow and, and make yeah. it work. And those are the biggest gifts sometimes. And it was, it made it more, it, it seemed more real that I was obsessed with the hat because it fell and I picked it up and I'm mocking him and he's like, give me back the hat. And then we went, you know, and then went back into it. So when he actually hit me with the hat, it made more sense because I was actually getting under his skin about the hat and that was never the plan. Um, yeah. And afterwards, like he pulled me aside and said, dude, you saved the match. And that meant everything to me. He's like, you made me look like a million bucks and you saved the match. And I was like, and as silly as it sounds, like I, as soon as I, I left, I checked my social media, he instantly started following me on Twitter. I was like, right. clearly made him happy. Like he wouldn't do yeah. any of that. He wouldn't have said any of that. The people, I didn't bug anybody like the producers, like, like Tony Khan, like people were like, did you get feedback? I'm like, man, I was there for a two minute enhancement match. I knew my role and I was just there to have a good time and create a great memory. And if, if something came of it, like maybe I get invited back when they come back to town. Awesome. But I didn't want to be the guy that would be like pushing and, and you know, I, I basically wanted to be, Seen but not. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to bug people. Uh, I, I did my job and, and I had a blast doing it. And I never thought in a million years again to go back to. I'm in my 40s. I decided to do something that everyone told me is stupid to do. But now all of a sudden I'm in the second biggest company in the entire world. And for some, 
their favorite wrestling promotion and I'm wrestling on their show in front of, I don't know, six, 7,000 people in an arena in Portland. Like that should never happen to someone like me. Like it really shouldn't. Like I'm, I'm in my late forties. I should not be doing that, but I, here I am doing it because I didn't care. I, I, I only wanted to have fun and make myself happy and, and, and put in the work to be good enough to do it, but never expect to do it. And so I, I I'm sorry, I'm rambling, but it's something that, it's probably one of my proudest moments outside of like family stuff. And when it comes to like random extracurricular stuff, I don't think I've ever been more proud of what I was able to accomplish in such a, a, a random set of circumstances at, at this point in my life. And he nailed you. He nailed you pretty good. Didn't oh, he? He came at me like, a, <laughs> dude, YouTube. I'm looking at it right now. He came at me like a wrecking ball. I knew he was going to hit me. But I didn't realize that the speed and the and the force, like I'm not even kidding. And it, and he hit me so hard that I lost my voice for three days. And my voice, it took three months before it was fully back to what it was before that. Like it was, I was drinking honey, throat coat. It was like I lost my voice for solidly lost my voice where I was whispering for three days. And then for about three more weeks on air, people are like, What's wrong with your voice? Did you did you blow it out? He hit me so hard he blew out my vocal cords, and yeah. I I'd do it again though tomorrow. Like I ain't gonna lie, like I would. Anger, Jack, circumstances, I would do dude. it again. Yeah, yeah, I mean that guy was like an NCAA uh, champion, wasn't he? I mean he was he's got like a wrestling. He's grown up. He did MMA for for yep. one point. I mean, he's a he's Bellator. a big guy. Yeah, Bellator. Uh, also known as Jack Hager from Oklahoma State. Yeah. Yeah, and he yeah, was Jack Swagger on the, uh, or no, Jack Swagger on uh, WWE. And he was a WWE I, champion. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this, like everything. It was crazy to do it, and and the crazy part was so that I do it, and then the next week they reference it on Dynamite that he beat Steve Miggs on AW <laughs> Dark, and I'm like, and my buddy's like, they never like just randomly name check the enhancement talent on on Dynamite the following week. Like it was a, like here he comes out of the back with Chris Jericho and the Jericho Appreciation Society. And underneath it says Jake Hager uh, defeated, St- dismantled Steve Miggs uh, on, on uh, Dark last week. And I'm like, what the hell? Like it created like a memory for the people who work there as well. And I thought that was really freaking cool. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you, you've had on your mega cast, I've noticed you've had, you've had uh, Darby Allen, who's from Seattle area yep. and, and you've had Tony Kwan. So like when yep. the guys like did you get notes from him, like, Hey, listen, I have the guy on my show. Uh, you know, the funny need thing to get- was with, with Tony, I'm pretty sure like when I talked to him, like he jokingly invited me to be on dark or elevation. He's like, you should come on, but like go through the proper channels. And everyone's like, Oh, did he come up to find you? I'm like, no, like he's so busy. I don't even think he remembered. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's got so much going on. Like that Running would be really, <laughs> yeah, a, a, a pro NFL and also a premier league soccer team yeah. as well. Like he's, he's got a lot on his plate. The last thing That's he's thinking, life. did the radio guy that I talked to, is he getting it up? Cause some people are like, you're definitely going to wrestle in Seattle. Tony Khan's going to make it happen. I'm like, I don't think Tony Khan has puts any thought into that. What? And clearly he didn't. And it's no disrespect. And it's not like me being upset. Like he shouldn't. And even when I interviewed him afterwards, like I brought it up because I interviewed him after uh, I wrestled. And I said, oh, dude, I don't know if you remember, but I was there. And I could kind of tell, like, he kind of remembered, but didn't fully. Because I was just, I was another enhancement talent in a sea of enhancement talent. And I'm not thinking I'm anything more special than anyone else. 
And like the fact that I got to do it, man, it's just, it's surreal. It's still surreal to this day. Like whenever I, I see a picture or a video clip of it, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. And look, I know we're running out of time because you got to get to the mega cast, which I'll talk about more in the intro. Just one quick thing. What wrestle two quick things. WrestleMania just wrapped up here. WrestleMania yeah. 39. I was there and where I wore the sweatshirt for you oh. today. Both days. You go both nights? I went both nights. If I was at, I heard you talk about it on on uh, when I was listening to uh, BJ Mix. Uh, 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 it is. It was so huge. That stadium is so huge. I would have been in the fourth row at a football game, and yeah. it was still a bit of ways because it's the show plays big, but the action is is definitely you know there. Yeah. You're there for the experience. But it was crazy. It was fun. It was two nights, uh, you know, a two nights of just eating hot dogs and hamburgers in the parking lot to survive because you can't get up. So I, my meals back to back went hamburger, hamburger, hot dog, hamburger, hamburger, <laughs> uh, steak, hamburger, hamburger. I mean, uh, that, I'm not kidding. That's, That's all I ate. Um, and I'm happy and I'm proud of it. Uh, you know, controversial. And I'm a bloodline guy. How did you feel about that end? And what did you think about the Snoop Dogg thing? Uh, Snoop Dogg thing was hilarious. I thought, like, I mean, obviously, I, they, they were dealt a bad hand with what happened with Shane. I hate that people are like, oh, he's too old to be doing that. I'm like, I've seen people half his age do the exact same thing. I've blown out quads. Doing, it's just a chan- a freak thing. Yeah, it might be because of age. It might be because maybe whatever the reason. But like, I, I, it's a bummer that age is being brought into it as an older guy saying that, of course. But you know what I mean? Like, that's... That's unfortunate that, that I hope he gets another opportunity to do something cool solely because that, that would suck to have that be his last taste in his mouth of a, a WrestleMania moment. Yeah, and I don't feel like it's a age thing. I think the McMahons just have a quad. That's like their, their, their weak spot. Like, like I've said this I mean, before. Yes. Go on and go watch Vince blow out two quads within 30 seconds. Slide just, in. Yeah, some people like in their in their – in their families, they have, uh, you know, some people have bad backs. Some people have uh, hairline <laughs> issues. Uh, they have quad issues. The McMahon's they have a quad issue. issue. Yeah. Quad uh, issue. Dude, I really, I really wanted to see Cody Rhodes win. I ain't going to lie. But I yeah. also love the idea of the more I think about it. And I think it was even like a, a Bully Ray on the Busted Open podcast brought up the, 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 the question of all questions. If Dusty Rhodes was alive and he was booking that match, how would he have it end? And everyone was just like, yeah, he probably would have had his son lose. Because everybody wants it, it's more about the chase than it is about winning. Like it's mm-hmm. and 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 he's only gonna now he's gonna go through his quote unquote hard times against Brock Lesnar. And once that happened, I'm like, oh man, I'm in. Like I I don't care when he. I just hope one day he does win it because I think that's that to me is the ultimate story. And if he retires one day and he hadn't won the WWE Championship, then I would look back and be bummed. But I thought that was a phenomenal match. I, I really loved the match from beginning mm-hmm. to end. Yeah, I didn't expect that ending, uh, but I, I wasn't mad. Like, I don't do that the other day. Like, why am I going to get mad about two guys pretending to fight each other uh, for our entertainment? Like, it's it's really like to me, it's just entertainment. Yeah, of course, I would like to see things end differently. But to get mad about it seems a little like I don't I don't really absorb my entertainment that way. Like, I got upset about like when my favorite sports team loses. But by the end of the night, I moved on. I got my kid to worry about or I'm watching something else like. Yeah, of course, some things sting more than others, but it's, it's, I, I can't let myself get too worked up about that. I think my hot, the, my favorite match might have been, though, the, the Rhea Ripley uh, Charlotte yeah. Flair match. That Pound was, Pound was a great uh, wrestling match. And uh, 
going back to the, the, the ending there, I haven't posted any of my stuff on social media. I'm going to, I just have so much where I'm like, I want to get yeah. to the, but I will say that moment when solo Sokoa hit, hit, hit Cody and you knew that maybe this was going to happen. And then that one, two, and like, usually those one, two, threes kind of get louder and louder as they go. It was the opposite. It was one, two, three. And it felt like Cody Rhodes had the ball on the one yard line at home in front of the crowd and the interception. And that's what it felt like in that stadium. But the bloodline people, you could hear him screaming. So it was just, it was the exact feeling of a road team just pulling this out. And you could hear, you know, out of 80,000, maybe 15 to 20,000 people really wanted the bloodline. So it, it was, it was a thing. It was, you know, I have, I have some good videos I'm going to put out off the show to you. Well, just the people like, you know, you had these moments and then you had the people going, yeah. I told you, I told you. And then, yeah. of course, the murder happened the next day. And so it just compounds everything. So it's funny you yeah. said, because I, I did compare. I was like, it felt no. I was at the Super Bowl when the Seahawks lost to the Patriots with the, oh. with the interception. And of course, that was devastating and a different type of devastating. But it felt similar in a sense, because it was just like, it's happening. It's happening. And then it doesn't. You're like, wait, wait, no, something has to happen to take that back. And I, I had yeah. that same kind of feeling. Granted, not as extreme, but it was just like, oh, no, there's going to be some kind of like referees going to come in and say, no, 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 they cheated. You know, like you're, you're yeah. waiting for this is not how it's supposed to end. And, and the crowd also felt the same way. Like it was like this anticipation, anticipation. And the like the, the it got deflated quick. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's funny you brought that up because I felt the same way in a sense. Like that was a same, similar like emotion roller, emotional roller coaster. Yeah. And to tie it into the Mariners, it's the same uh, feeling that you felt when I was there for the 18-inning game up in Seattle and Jeremy Payne hits that. It was like the same same feeling, and it it was just – you know, for me, I was like, oh, great, they're going to carry on this storyline. And you're right, Dusty Rhodes would be like, book uh do it this way then when we have the rematch everybody's going to be here tenfold pay money it's uh it's good i'm i'm listen i know we're, you're running out of time you got to go do your podcast i want to thank you for coming on and hopefully we can talk again talk some wrestling and uh all of that speaking of podcasts and wrestling uh, uh, another star of wrestlemania we're going to talk to him on this this week's episode of the megacast i'll have it on there uh and um uh, i think tomorrow uh is uh don mysterio going to get to talk to and Dom Dominic Mysterio somehow in, in one year went from dude he's not ready to being one of my favorite people to watch on television in that entrance and the match from throwing the drink into his sister's face to everything about it I'm like how in one year I don't think there's been a quicker turnaround to somebody's early like rookie year of being a wrestler than Dom Mysterio it's like he became a completely different person in the course of a year He's right up there with Sami Zayn of just yep. where they where it's happened in one in one year and you know that's yeah. obviously credit to them but also the people booking them and stuff like that. Sure. So these are all on the Odyssey app, right? So yeah, uh, yeah. right here on, and so uh, I'll definitely be checking that out. But again, this is Steve Miggs from BJ Miggs ninety nine point nine KISW, The Rock in Seattle, or right here on the 
on the Odyssey app. And uh, of course, Megacast and check you out. You know, what do you do? What's the uh, wrestling SOS? Is that, was it what POS? Yeah, wrestling? SOS is like the main Seattle promotion that I, I wrestle. Like with having a kid, like I, I have a good problem to have, but I, I, in a perfect world, if I didn't have any other responsibilities, like there's great promotions happening every weekend. It seems like in the Pacific Northwest from Vancouver to Seattle, all around Washington to Portland. And I've been lucky enough to wrestle at a lot of them, but I had to finally hit a point where it's like, I can't do this every weekend. But uh, SOS is definitely like my home promotion. I, I wrestle there every show uh, that's happening. Uh, so a week from today when this airs, so next Friday, uh, whatever that, the 14th or 15th, whatever date, I think it's 15th. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I'll be wrestling at that one. It's at Edison Square in Tacoma. That one, to me, is the perfect promotion really? to bring a non-wrestling fan to because it's there's elements of comedy. They have live commentary, so that, that, that helps keep you interested in what's happening in the match if you don't really understand the nuances of pro wrestling. And it's very crowd-friendly. It's all That's the room where I, I walk out. They're chanting F Steve Miggs. I play a bad guy, and they hate me. And it's it's... It's a it's a fun experience. If you ever wanted to yell at me, this is the perfect place to do it, where it's encouraged. Uh, but great matches too. There's great wrestlers. So it's like, yeah, there's comedy, but it's not like they're using comedy to mask bad wrestling. It's there's comedy and it enhances also some of the great matches that are happening uh, in Portland. I wrestle at DOA a lot. I'm not going to be there this upcoming weekend because of Paw Patrol. I'm taking my kid to that. Uh, but it, usually I'm there in, in, uh, at DOA in Portland every month as well. Uh, those are my main two ones, and then. I still ring announced for Defy Wrestling, which is like the super indie in town. Like they're the one that flies in. I mean, their first sh show ever had Cody Rhodes on it and Shane Strickland. And, you know, they continue to bring in great wrestlers, including Shane Strickland's at the this weekend's one, which I'm missing also because of Paw Patrol. Um, damn Paw Patrol and my kid getting in the way of all the fun wrestling stuff. But I, I, I typically am ring announcing and sometimes I wrestle at that promotion as well when it makes sense. Cool. Where do you get these tickets for next Friday? Because guess what? I'm going to Seattle next week. I'm coming there next Friday. Dude, that'd be badass. Uh, SOSProWrestling.com. Uh, okay. and, and hit me up beforehand, though, but let me know if you are. because uh, There's a hundred hundred more Mariner games to go to when I'm in town. I'm up there for a couple of weeks, so I'm coming down to the wrestling in Tacoma. That's going to be fun. And this upcoming one, so there's been a storyline that's been going on for two years. Uh, instead of having a weapon or a manager, I had a fan. He was my biggest fan, as it was called on. And he was obsessive Steve Miggs fan, but I made him help me cheat to win my matches for the last two years. And yeah. all he wanted was to be my fan and be my friend. But, you know, you can't be friends with your fans. So like, I only I kept him at a safe distance, but eventually it got to the point where I kept pissing him off and pissing him off. And recently he won like what's like money in the bank, but we call it the Golden Wilson. It's a volleyball that you win like in a battle royal kind of a thing and he won it uh and so he was able to cash it in for a title match whenever he wanted and i was the current sos champion at the time and he decided not to cash it in but he was so pissed at me and i think you saw that match with kikio because he got taped up to a chair and i never helped him get out of the chair and all of this a lot of backstory two years of drama and he handed it over to this guy malcolm flex who was kind of like my biggest rival and gave him the Golden Wilson and Malcolm cashed it in right after I had a 20 minute match against a guy by the name of Daniel Maccabe. He came in, he beat me for the title. Of course, I'm not happy with that. I took it out on my fan the next show with a chair. And now we're having a big blow off a no disqualification match, or as we call it, the Island rules match where anything goes. And that's happening at the next show between me and my biggest fan, my ex fan, as he's called now. That's great. I'll be down there, yeah. Steve. I'll let you go so you can get on the mega cast, but thank you again for coming on and we'll appreciate hopefully it. 
talk soon, talk some more wrestling, talk some more Mariners baseball this season. And again, check them out on 99.9 KISW in Seattle or here on the Odyssey app or on the Megacast. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Migs. Awesome. Thank you, guys. That was a lot of fun.